Yes, what is going on everyone? Welcome back to the Rugby Muscle Podcast. I hope you're all doing well. I'm your host as always TJ and today we are really going to um, lay it all out for you. I'm going to give you the keys to the fitness conditioning kingdom as it were for rugby players and if you appreciate that fact of course thumbs up five star reviews uh i've i've sort of tried to gloss over these in the last few episodes because i just want to get to the information this information is going to be the most actionable and easy to understand and hopefully uh potentially game-changing advice for a lot of you guys that uh, just struggle to get fit struggle to implement it or really hate the conditioning that you're doing because we're going to make it simple. So if you do appreciate that, I would really appreciate comments on the YouTube video, thumbs up on the YouTube video, and then five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And on Spotify, you can also ask a follow-up question or just give a comment. That also helps out with the Spotify algorithm. And like, I think you, if you have follow-ups for this one that there could be more we can talk we can discuss specifics because as always with these podcasts because it goes out to basically all amateur rugby players and some professionals will still listen to this as well there is just a level of not necessarily vagueness but broad strokes right we have to treat it for or we have to i have to give it uh, information out that applies that everyone can use and sort of digest in their own way and implement in their own way. Now, this one is going to be a lot more actionable, but it's still going to be some, there's still going to be some levels to tweaking it, individualizing it, etc. Uh, that you will need to do. And of course, if you have questions around that, then I will answer that in a future Q&A. You just have to pop it in the comments below or in the Q&A, like, sticker thing that appears on Spotify and all that stuff is much appreciated and of course if you have some teammates that need to get fit share this episode with them and if you want to just get fit cut all of the questions out we have conditioning specific programs as part of team rugby muscle or you can work with me one-on-one through rugby muscle elite links to both of those will be in the description below and we will also be giving away our uh ultimate rugby conditioning guide as part of the blueprint which is currently running i think as actually as of time of recording we might have just wrapped up this latest edition we try to run run one blueprint each month so if you look to if you want to join that i'll put the link to in the description to that as well but for this episode i just want to get straight into it i want to get straight into um the four different sessions and basically the only four sessions that I use with my rugby players. And the reason I use these four methods is because they are so impactful. They cover basically all of the bases and they all provide really significant benefits that rugby players will see on the pitch. I'll state right now that these are not Broncos. I don't use Broncos. I don't use any traditional Malcolms. I don't use repeated sprints with max out efforts over 20 seconds. Um, I don't use repeated sprints with shortened rest periods either. And um, I don't do any of those things because I don't think they're necessary. I think they're, they give you so much fatigue that then impacts the rest of your training. Most of this training will allow you to still be able to train the next day they won't dig you into the ground and they will still give you 
the same, if not, no, they won't. They'll give you more um, conditioning benefits than those methods I just discussed. Now, um, for you to understand how these methods really work, you must first understand that rugby is primarily an aerobic sport. I'm not going to um, get into all the nitty gritty as to why, but um, just understand that rugby is aerobic because uh, 98% of the game is either spent jogging, um, striding maybe, I would say if we say 98% of the game, if we just say 90% of the game, then it's jogging, walking, standing still. That's it. So all of that time, your aerobic system is in play, getting you recovered, getting you ready to go again. So yes, the high intensity actions matter, and we'll get into that, but they are a fraction of the game. The rest of the game is spent um, using your aerobic system to help you go. Um, the aerobic system also is not just supported during the game of rugby, but it's also supported around your training, right? So if you're lifting heavy weights, the stronger and more robust your aerobic system is, um, the more efficient your workouts can be, the more efficient you're going to be able to recover from the workouts. I just said I'm not going to get into all of the nitty-gritties as to why um, building your aerobic capacity is great. So I'm going to going to dial that back a little bit. I'm not going to do that, okay? I'm just going to get into the methods now. So the first method I use, and I use this for uh, expert players, I use this for semi-professionals, I use this for amateurs, I use this for beginners. And that is going to be my Q-work conditioning. I call it Q-work because I zone two has its own connotations. Q-work specifically implies that we are working the heart. But I've heard this called low and slow, low long, um, uh, low lung. I, I had a client call it for some reason because I think he just misinterpreted how I called low long because it's long and low but it's essentially um steady state conditioning uh, low intensity steady state condition is also another name for it so essentially what we're trying to do here is improve the heart's ability to pump oxygen around the body obviously that is good for our rugby games um it's good because then we're able to once we've gone and done one high intensity action we flush that out we get new fresh blood in there, oxygenated, ready for us to take action. Again, the better we are, more efficient we are at doing this, the better, more uh, actions that we can take on the pitch. Zone two essentially is going to be, or zone two, Q work is essentially going to be you working at a low intensity conversational pace. Um, I usually say like a four to five out of 10 intensity, maybe verging into a six. It depends on how how tough you are as far as like how how willing you are to push yourself because some people think a four and a five is the same as a six it's about your output so the talk test is always a good way to to gauge your intensity so if you can string a you want to work for let me let me define the conditions first so you want to do any sort of cyclical um uh aerobic activity so running um, it could even be walking for a lot of people. It can be running mixed with walking for a lot of people. It can be rucking. It can be cycling. It can be the aerodyne bike. It can, in theory, be rowing and swimming, although rowing and swimming become uh, quite problematic because most people are inefficient at those and they get they work themselves too hard and it becomes too difficult to do. It's like you couldn't do this for squatting, right? Because eventually you would just be breathing so hard and you would redline yourself and you're not able to sustain it. You want to be able to sustain this activity for 60 to 80 minutes without stopping. You don't start 
Like don't you don't go on day one and just do 80 minutes, but you should be able in theory to hold this pace for that period of time and not be completely gassed. Um, so a good way to test it is just to do the talk test. So if you can say um, a 15 word sentence and I like to usually say this is my zone two test to check that I'm not breathing too heavy and I'm okay. And if during that time I'm having to breathe, I'm pushing myself a little bit, pushing myself a little bit too hard. Usually with heart rate, this would go, this would put you between 120 to 145. It would vary based on sleep, caffeine intake, uh, cold or hot conditions, your modality that you're using. So I always like to use the, the, the talk test to, to make sure that you're in the right place. Another good tool to use, I forgot to mention, is going to be like the elliptical because it's easy to get the heart working. Remember, with this uh, method, we are not trying to necessarily work the muscles as much as we are working the heart's ability to pump body around the muscles. Now, for the most part, I would like to, to use your, leg, your lower body muscles because there is some uh, mitochondrial adaptations that we want to make where we're improving the ability to pump blood through and around the muscles. So the, the muscles are a part of that. But for the most part, it's going to be about the heart and the actual cardiovascular system. Okay, so the method isn't necessarily going to be a make or a break. I do like people using runs simply because it's the easiest to do. Now, um, on top of that, like I think what we need to understand is that that we are doing this again to improve our cardiovascular ability, but it we're also the end goal of this is we just become a fitter human being. So we're lowering our resting heart rate, we're um, expanding our capacity to push ourselves at a reasonable pace, but still keep our heart rate low. Um, we're keeping our heart rate low and efficient whilst getting through a lot of work, which is going to massively benefit us through rugby. You would start at around 20 minutes. Anything from 20 minutes to 80 minutes is acceptable for a session of this. It would be continued. You can use different weighted circuits. I just find it's a lot more difficult to implement, so I'm not even going to bother discussing those in this episode. So you're just going to go out and run. I love the ease of just going out to run. Um, if you have a bike, that seems to be quite popular. I just think with the bike, sometimes it's hard to really make sure that you're working hard enough to get into zone two without those legs really burning. Um, and I think, what else could I add to this? So the other final thing I think that you need to consider is that the beauty of these this cue work conditioning is that it is so easy that you can do it basically anytime and it's not overly going to impact your um, other training sessions, right? If you do other, if you push yourself too hard and your legs are aching the next day, it's going to be a lot harder to do, you know, some heavy squats or heavy lunges or even your rugby training. If you do this work properly, you're going to feel fine the next day. You're going to feel fine later on in the day. Um, you're going to feel fine a couple minutes after you finish your session, or even straight after you finish your session, you're not necessarily going to even be breathing heavy. You shouldn't be breathing heavy. You're not. You're not testing yourself. You're not racing. You're simply um, getting in that zone, getting the heart to work around that around that 120 to 145 beats per minute, and you're um, 
going to increase the efficiency of the cardiovascular system in doing so. Once you've done that, like you're just going to keep continuing to do that. You don't have to push the boundaries too far. You don't have to keep pushing the time further and further and further. Like 80 minutes is the absolute most, but settling on an hour is always going to be fine. Um, I'd always put my minimum at about 20 minutes because it takes you five to 10 minutes for your heart rate to get into that zone whereby you're actually working um, the or getting the adaptations that you want to get. So once you've spent five to 10 minutes, it's kind of like you wouldn't, I don't like the idea of doing, you know, six, 10 minute or six, 20 minute workouts throughout a week. You might as well do two one hour workouts and then you've you know, saved yourself a lot more time. Same thing here, right? You're spending five to 10 minutes to get into that zone to get those adaptations. You might as well just then just extend that out. And because you're not going to impact the rest of your training, it's you know, it's, it's a win-win situation. The other final thing I'll add here actually is that this session is also very good at increasing circulation through the body, which is also potentially going to assist in recovery or at least not going to uh, impact your recovery too much. As long as you're, you, you know, you're not dealing with really heavy legs, you know, as long as you're not pushing yourself, not redlining yourself, you're going to actually experience a benefit from a recovery aspect from doing this or at least a net neutral um from doing this and you're going to get fitter okay really really good method again any of those methods that i've discussed you can use um, and you'll start if you've never done this before start around 20 minutes 30 minutes make sure it's zone two and you can always add more intensity as you go um if you feel like you need to and if you feel if you do that talk test you realize that you're out of it slow right down get that heart rate back into uh working for the adaptations that you want and then you'll be fine cool the next method we have is going to be tempo tempo intervals so this is not like a tempo run uh, this is where shake the condition sort of makes things a lot harder for itself by it's just kind of like power lifting and, and weightlifting being confusing sports where weightlifting is the one that uses power and like yeah power lifting is the one that uses the most weight this is the same sort of thing like we, we we've use words and then we've borrowed words and then we've changed what those words mean for me tempo intervals are going to be aerobic based intervals so you can work anywhere from 15 to 30 seconds on with anywhere from 30 to 90 seconds at most probably off you can uh, have that time when you're off be completely off you can have that time when you're off be low intensity Tempo intervals can be done um, I've on any of the methods I've suggested already. So you can do these running. You can do these on the bike. You could potentially a little bit easier do these on the rower or swimming because the idea here is that you're pushing yourself just to about zone three. So you're, you're getting into that aerobic adaptation and then you're letting yourself drop back down and then pushing yourself so you're continually working through the aerobic zone of activity. You're always working at a six to a, a seven out of 10 when you're working, never past uh, an eight out of 10. So you're not going to push yourself to fatigue. You're not going to push yourself where you're creating lactic acid. You're not going to push yourself where um, you're going to have a degradation in your quality of your repetition. So the, we'll talk about how to structure the, the sessions in a second, but just understand that the first rep should be of equal quality to the very last repetition. Now you can also 
do things like adding skill elements into this so you could add agility even when you're just running you can practice the skill of sprinting you can really think about your technique because you're keeping it at a low intensity you're not going all out you can be a lot more mindful of you know striding off your toes driving up high with those knees and, and trying to really glide on the on the field um and so I like doing that. I like doing agility tempos where you're, you know, really trying to practice stepping. You're trying to practice cutting. You're trying to practice potentially curved running. And you're feeling how that technique feels. Most of the time with, with like our running training, we're either doing, like we said there, the cue work, like the slow jogs, or we're going balls out. This is a nice, happy medium where we're not trying to push ourselves as hard as we can, but we're really trying to work that technique. So it is faster than your slow jogs but it is really, it's really efficient. And you can do this with any skills. You can do this with rucking. You could do this with tackling in theory. Just make sure that you're sticking to the um, periods of time that I said. So uh, the lower intensity activity, the longer your working duration is going to be. The more intense your activity, the shorter your working duration is going to be. But again, the benefits are all the benefits that I've said about um, the Q work conditioning, because again, you're still working aerobic capacity so you can still put this on a low day you can do this between two high intensity days and you're still going to be fine you're not going to impact your recovery from this because we're keeping it nice and aerobic and i do really think this is a, a another like win 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 situation because you are able to keep the intensity low get the aerobic benefits but then also um like expand your your skill base expand your practice of you know being able to run being able to step or whatever other skills you want to work on you could do these in the gym as well where you could do like um you could do weighted rotational throws and you could do jackal get-ups but jackal get-ups are going to be more intense and we'll talk about the more intensity stuff in a little bit um do i need to cover off anything else when talking about tempo intervals i do not think so. Ah, oh, you want to do anything from 10 minutes of work to probably about 40 minutes of work would be the longest I would do this. And again, it's staying aerobic. It's um, improving your ability to recover from the higher intensity aerobic efforts, but keeping it aerobic. So it's still getting it all that are benefits of before, plus the extra skills that are being trained, whichever they are. And if you don't, if you're just doing this on the bike, you're, you're just doing the zone two work getting those benefits, getting the heart's ability to pump the oxygen around the body. You're getting all those benefits just in a slightly potentially more efficient manner. Okay. Method number three, I realize we're going to, um, this, this podcast is dragging on a little bit, but I think because we're getting good information, we'll, 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 we'll stick around for the rest. The last two that we've got here are high intensity, continuous training. I've written on this before. I've spoken about this before. Essentially, this is going to be, I guess you could view it as interval training because it's like 0.5 seconds of real high intensity work with then one to two seconds of rest. So it's seen as continuous because that is just one rep and you're going to continually do that like one rep at a time for 10 to 15 to 20 minutes. And then again, you're going to work between, I'd say again, 10 to 40 minutes. The only difference here is instead of with the tempo work, um, we are we're going really intense with every single rep, 
but it's such a short period of time with such a nice little period like that one to two seconds of rest that it actually really works well to keep it oxygenated yet we're still working higher and higher intensity so we're working on the far the oxygen capacity or the the ability for the heart the fast twitch fibers the really explosive um, fibers within the muscles to uh, turn on and utilize oxygen to help them recover so if this sounds a little bit crazy it is it's difficult to explain um the best way i can explain or the best way to, i can explain it to you is by telling you what you're going to do so you can either do uh, sled dragging you can do step ups you can do lunges or you can do a really heavy sort of spin bike if the pedals are able to completely like stop on a dime and what you're going to do is i'll explain this as best with lunges you're just going to do one lunge step up take one second do the next leg do the next leg and you're going to repeat that for five to 20 minutes at longest as as uh one continuous uh repetition or round one continuous uh effort without stopping with with not including those one to two seconds that you take between each effort. And you're going to just continually do that. What you'll find is that it's not that difficult to begin with, but within five to 10 minutes, you start really sweating, but you're still able to breathe. You're still working because you're, you're working all of the fast switch muscle fibers. You're going to find that you're, you're creating a lot of heat with your body because you're really pushing yourself. But because you've got that time for that one to two seconds between the reps, there's enough time for your muscles to really flush out and not even create any fatigue. And this can have uh, massive effects on your game. It is a little bit more intense than the tempo intervals than the cue work. So I, I wouldn't necessarily put it directly between my, my higher intensity sessions. But likewise, I probably wouldn't put it on the same... I, I could put it on the same day as a high-intensity session. This could be a good... Like, if you do 20 minutes of high-intensity continuous training, you could do this as a 20-minute warm-up for a weight session. You wouldn't negatively affect that weight session. It's just that I don't like it being... Um, I, I don't think it should go... It, it's not used as as well for recovery like the other two because we're working those fast-twitch muscle fibers. Okay, so again, heavy bike uh, lunges with with weighted vest because carrying dumbbells can then become too fatiguing after 10, 15, 20 minutes just holding dumbbells. Um, step ups work really well. Step ups work great. Um, or sled dragging where you've got like a, you know, like the, the, the belt around your waist or a harness and then you just step and step and step. That can work really well. Um, those are the simplest methods. You can be creative and come up with some of your own, but I think those are really the ones that are going to be most commonly used, easiest to implement and easiest to uh, succeed with. Now, um, what you've got to understand with this one is it's still mostly aerobic, even though it's working the fast switch fibers. So again, it's it's not spot. You're not really trying to advance yourself by pushing more by uh, cutting that rest period by doing more and more and more density work uh, between you know uh, as the sessions progress instead what you're going to do is potentially add weight potentially add weight but more importantly just 
just get more work in. What you'll find is your fast switch fibers will continue to keep firing. They'll fire at a higher capacity. You'll be a little bit more explosive with each rep and you'll be able to hold your heart rate at a little bit of a lower um, BPM as you continue to go. Now, I'm going to have to cough here. <coughs> Let's move on. Finally, to our to the last of the four conditioning effort methods that I use, and that is going to be our high, high intensity power intervals. Now, this one is not aerobic, okay? This one is completely anaerobic, but it is not anaerobic in the sense that we're trying to uh, use the lactate system. It is anaerobic in we're using the alactate system. We're using the ATP PC system. We're using the same system that you're using when you're doing your weight training activities. And what we're trying to do here is work the ability, the body's ability to turn on as fast and as powerful as possible. So what this is going to look like is going to be intervals of five to seven seconds as absolutely intense as possible, followed by uh, 20 seconds on the lower end if we're building um, uh, capacity or, or sorry if we're building power if we're building repeat intervals up to 60 again maybe nine no I wouldn't do 90 seconds up to around 60 to 75 seconds of rest you can do that for um, six rounds in or six reps in one round and you can do up from six rounds or six reps to 10 to 15 reps in one round and you can do anywhere between one to four different rounds the the more intense um a movement you do the shorter the the working time the less intense the move that you do the longer your working time now what i mean by intensity is literally how hard can you push the body so you want you want really to to take advantage of this as best possible what you're going to do is work or use exercises that use the whole body continuously without any body part needing to get a rest. One of the best methods for this is going to be your aerodyne bike or sled pushes. Those really crank up the intensity. Other ones that we could use are hill sprints. You could use heavy bags. You could use um, jackals, grounds up, so like sort of half moons where you, you drop down to the floor, get a jackal, drop down to the floor, jackal. Those ones, again, you would push it to the end to like the seven to eight seconds of working time because it's just not as easy to really get the system firing in that shorter period of time whereas if you're doing a, a bike if you're uh, an aerodyne bike particularly if you're doing a sled push really heavy sled push but you're maxing out as hard as you can that can work really well as well uh, rowing machines again you can't quite push yourself as far as possible, so I wouldn't like to use that either. Uh, 